Hello, everyone. Welcome in to another episode of the Golden Sombrero Show. This week, we're, we're going to be recapping some more of the awards. Last week, we gave our predictions for the awards. They just got announced uh, with the MVP being announced uh, just under 10 minutes ago. Uh, unfortunately, none of my Padres ended up winning the awards, which is fine. Uh, there are certainly worthy candidates in every single award. I'm Dominic Stern, alongside with me, Brian Blank, Cole Bradley. Guys, it's been a couple of weeks without baseball. How are you guys holding in over there? Doing good. You know, this is my least favorite part of the year when you just have the building up of the anticipation for baseball to come back. But, you know, we're getting some constant baseball news, whether it was Steve Cohen, whether it's qualifying offers, which we'll get into. But just being able to have some baseball news is great. But I'm just I'm just getting ready. I'm just so excited to finally have baseball back. And hopefully this summer I'll be able to go to some Royals games. Yes, I don't think the the Mets have ever been more relevant than this weekend when Steve Cohen had the press conference. He nailed that. Uh, yeah, certainly looking certainly looking good for the Mets' future now. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it was a joke about me saying how relevant they are, but they will be. I'm very confident in the next couple of years they will be uh, a contender in the National League. I think we'll that, see. Oh, sorry, but I think no, the bad no, no. thing about Steve Cohen about what he said is that. If I don't bring a championship within the next three to five years, he'll consider himself a failure as an owner. And that's the mentality that you really want. You want that mentality of, I will do what I need to do to get a winning team on the field. And that's what the Mets need. This has been a franchise that has just been all over the place. Never had a true direction. And now they get a new owner and he's got the direction. Let's make a winner. Let's get a World Series trophy. Yeah, I mean, three to five years, he's putting pretty lofty expectations on himself. But, hey, that's that's what I would like to hear as a fan. Uh, So, good for him. Good for Mets fans. They've been through a lot. Uh, Certainly have had it better than a lot of other franchises. But uh, a lot of disappointing years. Only made the playoffs three years since uh, three of, like, the past 15 years. So, that's never ideal. Anyways, let's talk about... These awards on Monday, they announced the Rookie of the Years. Uh, we were all in agreement on Devin Williams winning it in the National League, and he did. And Ryan and I said that Kyle Lewis would win the AL Rookie of the Year, and then Cole said that his preseason pick, Luis Robert, or Luis Robert, it's said both ways. I still don't know which name it is. Uh, he would win the AL. He did not. It was Lewis. So uh, let, let's go to Cole on this one. Cole? Were you surprised that Kyle Lewis ended up beating out Luis Robert? No, not really. I I really just picked Robert, I guess, on the on the decision. You know, really just because of what I what I had seen over the course of the year. Like, you know, no disrespect at all to Kyle Lewis. I think he's a great baseball player. I think he was more than deserving for the reward. Um, I just think that you know, after what I had seen over the, cause I had watched a little bit more White Sox baseball over the course of the year than I did um, some of the Mariners. And I guess just what I had seen from him in general, I was just, you know, so baffled by his talent and his skill. So that was, that was really my decision. And <clears throat> that's really re- led to my decision uh, for picking him. I mean, Lewis f- by far had the, had the better season. I just, Robert definitely stuck out to me much more, I suppose. I think that's fair. Uh, he was actually, Lewis was unanimous. Uh, Ryan, were you surprised that Kyle Lewis was unanimous in this voting? Yeah, I was actually very surprised by that because when you were really looking at it, yeah, the stats may show something, but also just the raw talent that Luis Robert or Robert, I don't know how to pronounce it either, whatever it is, there's a ton of talent there, and he had a very good case to win the award. He did. So I expect him to get a couple votes, but I said Kyle Lewis, and they made – in my opinion, the right call. But at the same time, I expected at least Robert to get a couple votes. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, I also would have leaned towards uh, Christian Javier, but I honestly wasn't too surprised. I don't think Lewis had like that total like unanimous uh, rookie of the year season, but the level of competition in the American League race wasn't as strong. Uh, two other guys I was kind of surprised weren't nominees. Ryan Mountcastle of the Baltimore Orioles. He had a very standout year for them. He's a big part of their future. And then Willie Castro of the Detroit Tigers. He had a great year for them as well. I believe he finished in fifth. So uh, great great year for all those rookies. Ton of talents, uh, 
promising talents there. And then Devin Williams, I don't think we really need to talk about it. Uh, he ended up winning. A lot of Padres fans, I know, were very upset that he won over Cronenworth. And I had been saying on my podcasts that I do about the Padres, uh, the last two to three weeks of the season, I said, hey, listen, Jake Cronenworth, he's not going to win this award. He's sliding. Devin Williams hasn't allowed a run in over a month. And Alec Bohm is killing it over in Philadelphia. And I ended up being right. Uh, Bohm ended up finishing in front of Cronenworth. It, it could have gone either way. I personally disagreed with it. But I think that's also because I value Cronenworth's defense, which was elite this year. And Bohm ended up passing him. And Devin Williams ended up winning the award. Were you guys surprised at how that award shaped out? No, not at all. I mean, it's hard not to be surprised. I mean, I am definitely surprised that, like you said, Cronenworth didn't finish in second. I do think he was overall this year better than Bohm. I think Bohm really just got hot. Um, but Devin Williams, I mean, just, I mean, came out of nowhere, really. And, you know, as a reliever, it's, you know, it, obviously you don't get as much notoriety <clears throat> solely because, you know, especially for like the casual baseball fan, you know, relievers aren't as like sexy as the everyday position player that, you know, Jake Cronenworth or Alec Bohm are um, and what they bring to the table. But, you know, from a number standpoint, you can't argue with, you know, a sub one ERA and, you know, only one earned run um, in 27 innings. I mean, it was just ridiculous what Devin Williams did. I mean, in his, in his first season, I mean, he had, arguably a you know a better year than you know most relievers would in you know their their fifth or sixth year I mean it's just crazy to come out like that um especially in Milwaukee where you know Josh Hader and you know the back end of that bullpen is so good you know to come out and to be the best reliever in such a good bullpen um says a lot so I think that you know it wasn't really a surprise for me how it turned out and honestly I feel like if if, or, if things were to sort of switch here, I feel like, you know, Devin Williams would be more deserving of a unanimous vote than Kyle Lewis was. That's just my opinion. I just think what he did was so outstanding and so hard to replicate, especially for a rookie, that you can't really argue with that. So, I, again, I don't really think it's a surprise for me. I, I think he was more than deserving. Yeah, Devin Williams, they made the right call. Sub one ERA, one earned run. There's not much that you can say to go against him. He was terrific. And I think the one that shocked me more was I think Jake Cronenworth should have been ahead of Alec Bohm. And that's nothing against Bohm. He had a, he's heated up towards the end. He did. He had a great season. But Cronenworth really cemented himself as a guy that can be that everyday second baseman for the Padres. And I think that over the entire season, Cronenworth was better and a little bit more consistent. So that's my thing with that. But overall, Den Williams, you can't – say them up the voters made the wrong choice they made the correct choice and that was by far the best rookie in the nl by being able to cement himself as one of the top relievers in a very good back end of a bullpen right and it was funny because i actually saw a tweet after this award got announced and it said life of a padres fan you have to wait three years for trevor hoffman the greatest closer in the history of the national league to get inducted into the hall of fame the award for the greatest closer of the year is named after him. Uh, it's called the Trevor Hoffman Award. Devin Williams, of course, wins this award, uh, pitching only 27 innings, and he wins the Rookie of the Year award over the Padres candidate. Uh, it's just full role reversal after Trevor Hoffman uh, received so much gripe from these voters. Uh, it's the same people who vote him in, and then the same time they turn around and they give the relief pitcher the rookie of the year award over the Padres player. Uh, you know, it's just, it's just funny. Like, like I said, I gave my vote uh, on our last show to Devin Williams. So I was certainly expecting this, but he brought up a really good point because the Padres, uh, you know, they faced a lot of gripe with Trevor Hoffman. The award gets named after him afterwards by the MLB. Devin Williams goes out and wins the award. And then he wins the rookie of the year award over the Padres. The Padres can't win anything. I think it's been 12 years since a Padres player won a BBWA award. And I believe that was, uh, I believe that was Jake Peavy winning Jake this Peavy and Cy Young, yeah. 2007. I have, I have the pennant somewhere. Uh, it's not up, but it's I'm in my room. 
I'm pretty sure he won National League pitching triple crown that year too. So it's kind of hard not to pick him. Right. And it's been that long since that. So uh Potters will have to wait another year for a BBWA award winner. Uh hopefully Mackenzie Gore wins the NL Rookie of the Year award next year. That's all I'm gonna say. He's gonna be my pick for it. I don't care unless he gets hurt. I'm picking him. I, I hope you guys will pick with me too on that. Anyways, moving on. Coach of the year in the American League, we had Kevin Cash, who we all said would win. And they had Don Mattingly winning in the NL, which we all had. Uh, so anything else you guys want to say about this one? Not really. No, nothing that has already really been said that we said last week, I suppose. I mean, I again, I really think Mattingly, you know, you could have gone, you know, either with him or Tingler, I think, with this one. But I think with Mattingly, the, the story, the Marlin story in and of itself is just so spectacular. So it's, like, so hard not to pick him. Um, I saw a lot of people flaming Kevin Cash on social media. And it's like, guys, like, this is a regular season award. Like, let's not make our manager of the year decision based on one poor move that he made in, yes, it was probably, it was the game of the year of the year and it was the one moment where you don't want to do that but you know every manager has made mistakes big ones especially and you know that's that's just goes to show you like no one's perfect and so i think a lot of people who are flaming him on social media need to definitely open their eyes and see just how good he is at his job because i mean he truly is one of if not the best at what he does so yeah cole hit it around that really it doesn't go as much as against Jace Tingler. It's just the story of the Marlins and their first postseason appearance since 2003. What Jace Tingler did was incredible. I you got to give him credit for it. Took a Padres team, hadn't had a winning record in over a decade. I've been in the postseason over a decade. And now they're a team that's going to be scary for the future. And they're cementing, cementing themselves as honestly a threat to the Dodgers. And if they can get – one of those top guys in free agency, if they can afford it and persuade them, this is a team that could really make some noise. Yeah, absolutely. And, like, Cole, you mentioned the people giving uh, crap to Kevin Cash. They, they didn't watch the race in the regular season. Let's be real. I mean, I don't think a lot of people watched the Marlins in the regular season or the Blue Jays in the regular season. And who was the other uh, AL award recipient Rick Renteria uh, you know people watch the White Sox so goes against that and yeah. a lot of people thought that Rick Renteria should have won this award over Kevin Cash and he received the second amount uh the second most amount of first place votes yeah uh, he ended up in second place but you know as someone who watched a ton of race games this year because I find them very entertaining uh America's team through and through uh that Kevin Cash deserved this award the amount of games he was able to win yeah. with the amount of talent he had you know, one could really argue that the Blue Jays have more talent than the Rays do. You can make that argument. Now, is that talent really developed yet? Uh, no, and it's certainly not as well coached, and that's mostly in part because Kevin Cash is the coach for the Tampa Bay Rays. And they, they 100% got this award right. And in the NL, uh, Don Mattingly, he won it over Jace Tingler. Once again, what, what, what more does a Padres coach or someone have to do to win a stupid award. They didn't get it. But like I said, Don Magley had my vote. Uh, he ended up getting 20 of the first place votes and eight of the second place votes. He didn't get a single third place vote. Funny enough. Uh, there were two writers who thought that he was not worthy of being a top three candidate for coach of the year, which is really interesting to me, but uh, wow. Wow. I don't get I, that. I, I don't either. Uh, That's almost as blasphemous as people trashing Kevin cash. Honestly, that's probably more. Kevin Cash was terrific. The reason the Rays have been able to be so successful with very little payroll and not a superstar player is because of Kevin Cash. And people have got to realize that. But the fact that Jace Tingler had two people say he's not even in the top three, that's that's ridiculous. It was it was both of the Washington, D.C. writers, Jessica Camarito from Emily.com and Byron Kerr of masnsports.com. Wow. Wow. It, one of them had Tingler first. The other one had Craig Council first place. What? I, Interesting. I don't know. Interesting. And then, uh, it was Council, Council, Tingler, and Bell of the Reds. Huh. I, I think 
I think oh. I think a lot of the voting for the yearly awards, a lot of the writers, I feel like have this like approach where you know they they know a certain candidate is going to place in first, but they would much rather use their vote to you know give someone else I guess recognition. Um, I don't know about Craig Council, but I mean David Bell. Like I mean the Reds were pretty yeah, good. Sure. I mean, but it's one of those things where it's like again, like you know they use their vote. Not necessarily because they think maybe they're deserving, but because like you know, just to give someone else a little bit of notoriety or you know push, I suppose. In it's to sort like of being, things out. It's like being the one guy that didn't vote for Derek Jeter. Yeah, and, and a lot of people and a lot of people give that guy crap. And like, I mean, honestly, looking back on it, if you were to talk to that guy who didn't vote for him, he probably would tell you like, I knew he was going to win. I knew he was more deserving of it. But like, I knew everyone else was going to was going to go unanimous for him anyway. And so to, to sort of quote unquote level the playing field, I would rather, you know, give my vote to someone else who maybe deserves recognition in future years. It's a weird thing, but you know, I think it's really based on also, cause you know, some of the writers, you know, cover certain teams that are on a beat. So a lot of them will, you know, more often than not sometimes side with guys that they've had the opportunity to cover or, you know, write about over the course of a year. Um, and, you know, that's – you could say that's a little bit of bias, and yeah, sure, but it's also hard not to sort of, you know, recognize, you know, talent or, you know, level of, of expertise um, when you're watching the same guy or the same team doing that every single day. So I think that's also – I it, it's a weird concept, but. Yeah, so I, I can see what Cole's saying, but at the same time, I think putting Jace Tingler out of the top three is – Ridiculous. No, no, it was Don Mattingly. Don oh, Mattingly. It was Don Mattingly? Yeah. Wow. No, Tingler received 19. Tingler only received 21 votes, which is awful. The Padres won 70 games last year, and they had the second best record in the NL this year. Yeah, they were terrific this year. And they have one of the most exciting young players in the entire league. They have one of the best left sides of the infield. I mean, that has nothing to do with it. but, but No, honestly, but that's another thing. He took them from – a team that was 22 games under 500 and made them one of the top teams in the NL. So right. it doesn't make sense. Some of the voting just kind of it, – it's yeah. a factor, you know? Weird. It's weird. Exactly. Cy Young, uh, I mean, no one's going to be surprised about Shane Bieber being unanimous. He won the Triple Crown. Trevor Bauer, he won the award. This was, believe it or not, the first ever Cy Young Award in the history of the Cincinnati Reds, the longest standing franchise in National League history. So that was pretty incredible to, to, to figure that out because I, I had no idea about that. I believe that leaves three three franchises without a scion. The Rockies, I think it's the Rangers, and then the other one. I'll find it. But uh, what do you guys make of this? Um, I, I think, well, I mean, you know, enough said about Bieber, like, you know, the numbers and everything speaks for itself. But on the topic of Trevor Bauer, you know, another guy who I think was more than deserving. I mean, he, he really, you know, came into his own this year, um, you know, contract year, you know, he's going to get paid. He came out and performed like an ace and, you know, he deserved this award for sure. Um, I think, you know, it's it is pretty surprising, I think, that the Reds, like you said, the oldest National League team, but never had a Cy Young Award winner. But then when you look back on it, like it's hard. I mean, I I personally don't you know know too many like past Reds pitchers, but like it's hard to think of like noteworthy Reds pitchers. Yeah, the top Seaver out of his prime. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, the Reds have always been known more as like an offensive, you know first kind of team like you know even back in like the 70s or 80s i think it was when they had like joe morgan and all those guys like they're known more they've been known historically more for like their offense and their you know their position players um but yeah i think it is it's a monumental thing um again very deserving i thought that you know i thought that you know you darvish also deserved those three first place votes as well i was surprised Degrom didn't get any first place votes because you know he was still very good um, yeah. But, you know, I mean, tri- again, Trevor Bauer was the deserving one, so that's all you can say. And Ryan, before yeah, I Ryan, found that 13. Ryan. I found that 13. It's the Marlins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did too. That's what oh, I was about to say. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I looked that up for you. 
But no, Trevor Bauer was incredible. <laughs> Lowest DRA. We went all we went through this last week, and I think it's just really cool that he can say that he was the first player in the Reds history. Like you said, Dom, longest withstanding NL team, and he gets them their first Cy Young. That's awesome. So I think it's really cool, and I think he's very deserving of the award. So, yeah, do I – I agree with you, Cole. DeGrom should have gotten a couple first-place votes, but by far they got this award right. Yeah. Uh, Denelson Lamette, he received five third-place votes, uh, 24th-place votes, and two fifth-place votes. So Padres were right there in three out of the four awards uh, with the nominee, and then Denelson Lamette was right there. And Cole, uh, Zach Gallon for your Arizona Diamondbacks, he yeah. received two – Two Yeah, I wasn't going to do the shameless plug, but now that you've brought it up, I will. Yeah, I mean, you know, I feel like he definitely would have gotten more, like, you know, top three votes had he finished out the year as, um, as strong as he started it. Um, he had a couple starts. I think it was the giant start where, you know, he ended that streak of consecutive starts, um, giving up three runs or less. Um, and then he had a start against the Mariners that kind of blew up in his face as well. Um, other than that, he was really good. And fun, again, fun to watch him this year. Um, I, as a fan, am very excited to see where he goes um, in the future. I think he's ob the obvious ace of the staff from um, this point forward um, until he proves me wrong or, you know, anyone on the Diamondbacks wrong. So, yeah, very pleased with that. I think he's deserving of, you know, those two fifth-place votes. And like I said before, you know, about, you know, the writers, you know, voting – you know, more towards guys who they cover. One of those fifth place votes he got was from Steve Gilbert, who is the MLB.com writer for the Arizona Diamondbacks. So, you know, I feel like it's, it's Steve, you know, recognizing, Hey, I've watched this guy all year. He's really good. I think people need to know about him more. And again, you know, that's a guy who definitely, you know, submitted himself on the national stage this year. Cause he got the chance to, and, you know, everyone kind of took notice sort of in the middle of the season there about his impressive streak. So well-deserving, I think as well. Yeah, the other one was Mark Bowman, MLB.com, the Atlanta Braves writer. So, very deserving. We stand the milkman here on the Golden Sombrero Show. Uh, I certainly enjoyed watching him last year the couple times I made it down to Chase Field with you. Uh, I think, Ryan, we also saw a game with him as well. Uh, I know he crushed the pot. What that game was? Which game? Game when we made personal bets with each other where if he would strike out at the plate or yeah. not. Yeah. He, yeah, he no, he didn't. He didn't strike out. Oh, okay. I, I do remember that. That was our first game. So that was – Yeah, it was. It was two bucks. So can't, can't beat that. You, ASU price really does come in handy yes, for us. No. The best was being able to go to the Padres game on $2 tickets, which, of course, they lost. Uh, yeah, well, they you were sitting behind us depressed in the eighth inning when the Diamondbacks put up like six runs. Yeah, no, it was bad. No, Fun the, time. The, those were six just gut-wrenching losses. It wasn't like, Fun you know, time. you lost like 6-2. They were all yeah. like, you know, like I, the first one was a beat down. The next two were like extremely heartbreaking. And then the following series, it was bad. I, I don't want to try and relive that. Those were the last Padre games I've been to. So let's try not to bring up those, those bad memories. Was able to go to a few more though. Anyways, MVP. In the AL, Jose Abreu, he ended up winning the AL MVP. We, uh, I know I said DJ LeMahieu. Who did you guys say? I know one one else of you said DJ LeMahieu, and the other one said Abreu. I said LeMahieu. I said LeMahieu, but I said people need to stop sleeping on Jose Abreu. And okay. honestly, I'm actually glad he he really he was finally awarded for you know the years of productivity. This is a very underrated player in baseball, and it's I mean it's good that. Again, in a shortened season, you know, he was on point with everything. And, I mean, if you go and look at his, like, baseball reference, you know, you're going to realize he's been one of the top offensive players in the game for, you know, ever since he's been in the league. And it's funny because you never really hear his name. So, again, I think it's just he's more than deserving, and um, I'm glad he got the recognition. But I do think that LeMahieu was snubbed at least of a second-place vote. Um, I thought Jose, Jose Ramirez was really good. But I mean, a 364 average in any regular season, I don't care about length. It's, it's pretty impressive. You know, he's a very, he's molded into a very, you know, good and consistent hitter. Um, doesn't strike out a whole lot anymore. 
Um, and even when he does, like, you know, he, he works the count. He's a very good and patient hitter, like definitely one of the more dangerous bats in the league. So I honestly would be looking for um, or would be looking to watch out and um, see him try and, you know, put together another strong MVP campaign next season. Yeah, wherever he plays next episode, we will be talking about free agents and where they'll be going. So if you want to tune into that, it's going to be around the same time next Thursday. Uh, so make sure to tune into that. But yeah, Mike Trout, he also got fifth place. This is his lowest finish in, uh, in uh, any AL MVP voting. He finished, wow. behind, he finished behind Shane Bieber, who I said I would have given my first place vote to. But See, that makes sense. Triple crown. Yeah, right. Makes sense. And it was very close. It was by one point. Yeah. Can I say something? Sure. You the Yankees got to give him a blank check. Honestly. And you know what? It's not going to be like a huge, a very much long-term deal. Two, three years. Because he's going to be 32 at opening day. Give him a blank check. Honestly. It's what it's going to come down to. Because he's been their best player the past few years and most consistent. Yeah, no. Uh, the Death Star kind of blowing up this offseason, if I'm being completely honest. And yeah. uh, if, if he goes, they go. Uh, yeah. And I will be part of a lot of people who might be putting the Blue Jays in front of them next season. Yeah. Uh, but honestly, what they also got to do is just – I saw a report earlier. They're open to training Gary Sanchez. They got to get him out of there. Well, what value does he have? He stinks. Yeah, he's not good. Just – Take anything for him at this point. Yeah, this he he had a very bad past two seasons at the plate, yes. and he's always been terrible behind the plate. So, yeah. I mean, unless you can figure out his swing, which his swing is kind of him going, just just like swing yeah. the bat through the middle of the zone, and he hits the ball far when he hits it. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, he's a nice bench piece for the next few years. I mean, you know, granted, he's not the best offensive player, but if you need a guy with some pop to come up in, in a spot, you know, he's not right. He's not the worst. a good fit for him. Where? St. Louis Cardinals. Cause Yachty's getting up there. They're going to need a guy in the next couple of years. Well, they actually have a very good catching oh, prospect. Shoot, I, I forget his name. I'm going to look oh, it up. I know what you're talking about. I'm going to look it up right now, but uh, I've heard that he's basically a mini Yachty after they did trade uh, Carson Kelly to the to the Arizona Diamondbacks yeah, yeah, yeah. in the in the Paul Goldschmidt trade, uh, they quickly realized that Yvonne Herrera uh, was going to be the future uh, at the catching position. But he is not projected to make the major leagues, according to MLB Pipeline, until 2022. So, uh, according to MLB Pipeline, who you know, you could yeah, uh, you could say that you know they're they're sometimes wrong about prospects. He's not going to be in the major league next year. So. Maybe the Cardinals take a chance on Gary Sanchez. The problem is the Yankees aren't going to be uh, putting a price tag for him that's a a backup catcher or like a backup bench piece like yeah. like we like we say he is. That's not what the Yankees are going to want to do because you know what they're going to want to say, hey, we're not going to get much for him. Let's roll the dice one more year. Yeah, uh, that's because that's what that's what's going to end up happening. Yeah, but they so, shed some payroll. They don't care. The Yankees have so much money. Exactly. But, no, honestly, Jose Bray was a beast all year. He deserved the award. He's continuously slept on because he's not one of those big-name guys. And I personally hate Jose Bray because of how good he is against the Royals. He lights up the Royals. Every time he comes up, I just say at this point, just walk him, just walk him, or just keep it extremely low in the zone. That's all you got to do. And then he'll end up hitting – a home run or two, nuke. and then have about four or five RBIs. Yeah, he's extremely talented. He has great bat, and I think he's going to be a big. He's a big piece of the White Sox team, and I still think they should have locked him up for longer than three years last offseason. They were talking about yeah. trading him not so long ago. I know, which is just insane. Now they just won the MVP. And the reason why is because they have Andrew Vaughn, who's one of the top prospects down in their minor league system, and he's a you know, f- former Golden Spikes Award winner. You can't really argue with that. But I mean, at the same time, like you know, if you have a guy who's who's just continuously just put up, you know, good year after good year, you know, you, you can't. I feel like you can't really stray away from that. So yeah, regardless. And, yeah, and there's also you don't want to roll the dice 
when you have a very talented hitter and someone who is going to continually produce in your lineup. Right, and they bought themselves a couple of years on Abreu and Vaughn by buying out the remainder of Edwin Encarnacion's contract. He is now a free agent. I wouldn't be shocked to see Andrew Vaughn possibly in that DH role for the Chicago White Sox next year. Uh, that's just another right-hand bat for them. They struggled against right-handed pitchers this year. I believe they went like 13 or 14 and 0 against left-handed pitchers this year. And then, you know, you take the rest of their games against righties. You can figure it out. Uh, the only playoff game they won was against Jesus Lazardo, left-handed pitcher. The two games they lost were against uh, Chris Bassett, right-handed pitcher, and then Mike Fires, right-handed pitcher. So they might want to go out and uh, get some more bats that are better against right-handed pitchers. I know that Abreu is better against lefties. I'd assume that Vaughn's better against lefties because he's a right-handed hitter. That's just how they naturally come. Uh, there's that. Uh, anything else you guys want to point out about the AL MVP award? Nope. Nope. All right, let's move over to the NL. Freddie Freeman won his first career MVP. Uh, Mookie Betts, who was making his first year uh, in the National League after getting traded from the Red Sox to the Los Angeles Dodgers, uh, he finished in second. And Manny Machado, uh, second year as a San Diego Padre, he finished in third place, uh, only 47 points behind Buki Betts uh, for second place. Fernando Tatis Jr. finished in fourth place, so Padres got third and fourth place in this race. So uh, what did you guys make of this race? Because we were all unanimous on Freddie Freeman. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, aside from Freeman, I mean, obviously he's the most deserving um, out of anyone in this race, but he had a lot of, I felt like this was a lot, a much more like rounded out uh, group. Like, you know, there's a couple guys who I could have seen going number one. Like, honestly, I'm surprised Juan Soto didn't receive any first place votes. I mean, I know he didn't play a whole season, but like he was, he was just so good in the time that he did play. Um, you know, it's crazy. I mean, you know, Mike Yastrzemski on there. I think Mike Yastrzemski is going to be a really good player one day. Um, I think he already is that. Yeah, um, yeah, that's what's that. that vote. Ryan Tepper out of the Cubs. I don't know what you did to deserve it, but congrats. Um, I think that was. I, I thought that was kind of funny. I don't really know why that is. Why he's on there. Um, but I mean, kudos. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not really too surprised about it. Um, you know, again, I, I think like. <laughs> I think Machado could have received a, you know, a first place vote or two as well. Um, I thought there's, you know, there's a lot of really deserving guys for first place, but obviously um, can't argue what Freeman had. Yeah. So Ryan Tepera for the Chicago Cubs this year. Yeah. In twenty in twenty innings, he struck out thirty one guys and a three point nine two ERA and a one point four whip. It that makes it, sense to you guys. No, it doesn't. He got an MVP vote though. Here, let me let me find who it was. Uh, Ryan, what did you think of this? <laughs> Freddie Freeman deserved it. The story of how he nearly passed uh, with the whole COVID situation, how he thought he was going to pass away, the story, his play. He deserved this award. And, you know, I was so close to predicting it because I picked Mookie Betts, but they made the right call here. I can't be mad about that. Freddie Freeman was the best hitter in the National League and the best player, so he definitely deserves the award. Right. Uh, Ryan Tepera received a vote from Rick Hummel of the St. Louis Dispatch. <laughs> it's hard to believe that a St. Louis sports writer uh, gave, gave a vote to a Chicago Cubs relief pitcher who that's had a 3.92 ERA. I mean, th this is below his career average mark for ERA, <laughs> too. That's incredible. Uh, so, I I don't know. Maybe it's because it was his first year in the NL. I don't know. I, I'm not even going to try and justify uh, those votes for him. But, yeah, I mean, when you could have considered the fact that he could have voted for Trevor Bauer, he put you Darvish. Oh, he had Bauer on there. Here, let, let me read you his ballot. Freeman, Betts, Machado, Tatis, Ozuna, Seager, Bauer, Soto, Darvish, Tapera. Didn't have, didn't have Acuna on there. Yeah, what? Uh, didn't have Yastrzemski on there. Uh, let's see. Who else were people having on there? Didn't have Story. Yeah. Uh, I mean, th th that's really questionable. Will yeah. Myers got a ninth place vote. That's awesome. Good for him. Mm -hmm. Who who voted for Myers? 
Oh, Kevin Acey, San Diego UT. Former Royal. Hey, hey, and Dom, I just want to tell you, I know we've been drawing at each other back and forth about uh, Trevor Rosenthal for next year. I predicted him to go back to the Padres. Well, yeah, because he loves it. He's going to. I want him to come back to the Royals so bad. But Why? He's eh. – well, we'll see how long of a contract he signs. I think he's going to sign a two-year deal. I, I'd probably get along with that. Anyways. Ryan, save all your secrets for next week, dude. Oh, yeah, I, exactly. Uh, okay, I will. I will. Uh, so, yeah. Any Anything else you guys want to talk about? The Golden Gloves, baby. The Gold Gloves. Well, I was talking about I was talking about this. <laughs> I'm excited because you know I have a lot to say. Yes. All right. Okay. Golden Gloves. Uh, they were announced. Let's first talk about who won the Platinum Gloves. Uh, I forgot who won the NL one, but Alex Gordon won the Platinum Glove. Nolan Arenado got it for the NL. Nolan. Okay, that that's very fitting. And uh, Alex Gordon won it. Uh, Ryan, I'll let you talk about Alex Gordon. Go for it. I, you see my reactions here. I cannot be any happier. What a way to go out, honestly. Getting a platinum and a gold. He tied franchise record with eight gold gloves. <laughs> That's insane. We've I've said it before, and you guys agree with me. He's one of the best defensive left fielders to ever play. Has an argument to be the best. And the fact that he switched to the outfield in the middle of 2010, and it's 2020, and he wins eight gold gloves is insane. And he didn't get it in one year because he was out most of the year with a groin injury. It's insane, honestly. And it's just incredible because this is a guy who's highly respected, someone that is a mentor and one of my role models. The way to see him go out, I was hoping that he would get the award. Did I think he was going to win it? No. I didn't think he was going to get it. I was extremely nervous, but he got it, and I can't be any more happy. From the time he was in left field from 2010 to this past year, 102 career outfield assists, the most over any player in that span. It's insane. So I'm just so thrilled. I'm so happy. And did I vote for him a lot for the Platinum Glove? Maybe. But, hey, hey, he got it, and I'm happy. Hey, he has two more spots for trophies in his trophy case, and he's getting them. Yes, his trophy case is very full. One World <laughs> Series, uh, one World Series trophy, uh, his ring, and eight gold gloves. That, that's pretty incredible. Uh, I I ain't look into it much this year because after last year when I did three hours of extensive research into gold glove award winners and I only got half them right. Uh, I was pretty frustrated. So I didn't look at his competition this year, but he, he had a very good defensive year. Uh, he didn't, he only started 48 games. So little iffy there, but whatever. Uh, good way for him to go out. Him winning the platinum glove is stupid, but uh, um, that that's a whole nother thing because the fans vote on that. And just digging at me, why don't there's the there's, don't any big awards? I have to focus on the gold gloves because they're never in consideration for Cy Young or MVP or anything like that. So well, I just well, welcome to the club, dude. How yeah, many days of Paul Goldschmidt finishing top three, but not first? Oh, that was that was horrible, man. Remember, remember the last time the Royals had a Cy Young was Zach Greinke. And then three years later, they ship him off. I we I went through the same thing with Jake Peavy, dude. Don't worry about it. Uh, Jake Peavy just went. Though, Greinke's still falling. Uh, yeah. So. Okay. Fine. Uh, and then Nolan Arenado, he won the Platinum Glove in the NL. Uh, I don't really think there's anything else to say. He's won the Gold Glove every single year since he's been in the league. That's that he's says been- it all. He's been in the league eight years, and he's won as many gold gloves as Alex Gordon has in his entire career. He's going to end up winning more. Let's get into this then. (laughs) Ten years in the outfield, Cole. One of the years he didn't get it because he was hurt and did not meet the required games. So there's one. And then the other year, I'm still mad about because I still think he should have won it. Well, if you won it last year when he was very undeserving. so Michael Brantley. But Michael still. Brantley, 
Was that in 2014 when he was the MVP candidate? No, 2014, Gordon, Gordon won it and got platinum that year too. Okay. But no, let me tell you this. You can say whatever you want against his hitting. I don't care. I know he's not that good of a hitter. Well, he wasn't that good of a hitter. He had a couple solid years. But, hey, the one thing he has is defense. And those eight gold gloves show in basically nine years of playing in the outfield. So if you really want to get into this, Cole, I will. I'm I'm just I'm just saying you know I, I'm not disrespecting him at all. I think he's I think he's a great defender. I'm just Nolan Arenado. He's a beast. He's one of the best defensive players ever. Like, yeah, he he's starting to enter the conversation with Brooks Robinson as exactly. the greatest defensive third baseman exactly. of all time. Yeah, I had, I, I had I had conversations with plenty of people last year saying that he's probably going to win um, more Gold Gloves than Robinson by the end of his career. I mean, he's I agree. probably not even half, not even a little bit under halfway through his career and he's already, you know, obtained half of those of the amount of gold gloves Robinson has, um, which Robinson got 16. Um, he's just, I mean, if there's anything he does well, it's, it's defense. I mean, you know, he had a down year offensively this year, but I mean, you know, 15 defensive runs saved. I, I read something saying that no other national league player, I think had double digits, um, in that category. He's just, he's a monster. He's super good at what he does. If you've ever, watched him in person i mean he's a magician out there um he makes every play look extremely easy and like you know he's just so fun to watch um with the glove and so i think he's always more than deserving for that award um gold glove or platinum glove um i think he's one of the rare cases of a guy who actually is deserving um to win the award every single year i'm not saying alex gordon isn't oh no there have been some years last year i don't think he should have won it this year, this year, I thought he should have won it, but I didn't think he would. Last year, I wanted him to win it. I don't think he should have won it. I'll be honest. But, hey, a dub's a dub. But, honestly, whenever – yeah, like you said, Nolan Arenado had down here at the plate. He still has such insane value in the field. He makes up for it. Yeah. And yeah. When, he is, when he is on fire at both in the field and at the plate, he – is an MVP level player, and I think he's going to get one of those soon. So. And, that's, and that's the thing is, some players don't. You know, some players yeah. when, when they are struggling, they can't compensate for it in the field. Um, it's usually not the other way around. So I mean, yeah, it just speaks to his value as a player and as as a person. I think the Rockies are insane for valuing him and treating him the way they have for so long. And I actually, on another topic, don't wouldn't be surprised if he gets traded this offseason. So right and. It makes sense for them because they're just not really competing. But at the same time, why would you want to do that? (laughs) I thought that I thought this was their year because the the way the Rockies roll is they start off really hot and everyone talks about them and then exactly they 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 collapse because the pitching can't keep up the pace that they're at and uh, the way that the body heals up in Denver is not uh, to the level of which other cities are. So I thought this year in the shortened season they actually had a decent shot at it, but I was wrong. Uh, they they totally collapsed. They got fourth place uh, by one game. That's back to back years actually. Uh, they 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 keep finding ways to waste these talented players, and it would be interesting to see what Nolan Arnado's offensive numbers would look like outside of Coors Field because he historically has been hurt playing outside of Coors Field, but. If he practices more outside of Coors Field, because that's where he'd be playing, I have a feeling that he would get more adjusted to those parks and play better there. So that's something to look at uh, if he does get traded, because he's undoubtedly one of the top talents in baseball. It's just you can never really get a full judge at him because he plays offensively at Coors Field. Yeah, Cole, I do have a question for you. You're from Colorado, and you mentioned Arnado. Do you think Blackman gets traded? Uh, no, and I, I think solely because, you know, with even the slightest possibility of the DH coming back, they're probably going to move to put him in that spot and then move a different direction with um, the outfield because say what you will about his defense, he's still probably one of the best offensive players in the game of baseball. So I think they keep him solely for his bat. And Charlie Blackman was actually a Gold Glove nominee this year, which was which crazy, awful. You see, awful. it's like it's like how, <laughs> which is why I'm the Gold go Gloves. Frustrating. The Gold Gloves 
are a fraud award. <laughs> They're a fraudulent award. Some people deserve them. Alex Gordon deserves most of his gold gloves. Arnado deserves his gold gloves. But sometimes they are given to the worst candidate hey, and they're awful nominations for it. They're all, It's a fraudulent award. What do you want to say, Ryan? There's one guy that deserved him. Hosmer deserved him when he was with the Royals. Say what you want. Uh, you, you can you can look at the numbers. They're they're not as impressive as you think. Honestly, anyone who plays first base, like even somewhat mediocre, like deserves the award. It's hey. literally the easiest position on the field to play. Now you're attacking me. I play. <laughs> I'm just saying it's facts, man. People don't draft first baseman or they don't pick up first baseman for their glove. They do it for their bat. I am sorry, but I that one hurt, Cole. That, one, <laughs> that hurt. I forgot you played first base. Yeah, try try digging balls out constantly. I don't know if you can do it. Yeah. Anyways, that's gonna rack up the gold glove discussion. Uh, let's move over to the other award that is handed out uh, by positions. Let's talk about some silver sluggers. Uh, these awards, you know, they're they're a little less fraudulent uh, than the gold gloves. They definitely sometimes don't always go to uh, the the correct candidate. Ryan, I saw you uh, you pumping your fist. Was that uh, because Salvador Perez won the gold, won the silver slugger? Salvi, yes. Comeback player of the year in the AL. Say what you want. He was terrific when he played. Yeah, he missed a few games, but he was terrific. It was so nice to see his smiling face back out on the field. And I think the record was better because he was out there. Last year, the Royals had Martin Maldonado that they signed, then traded. And then they had, oh gosh, Cam Gallagher. Don't get me started on Cam Gallagher. But – Overall, what I'm saying is that Salvi has such high value with the Royals and that I think when he's out there on the field, the Royals play better, and he was a beast at the plate this year. So I'm extremely happy that he's back, and, yeah, he deserved it. Colt, how many Diamondbacks want Silver Sluggers this year, buddy? Zero. Whoops. <laughs> uh, All right. Anyways, uh, two Padres won Silver Slugger awards. That was pretty cool. Both on the left side of the infield for the Padres. Uh, best side, best left side of the infield in baseball. I said that earlier. You're good. I agree. Hey, maybe. The Rockies. Well, the Rockies have something to say. Maybe. Did the Rockies have two MVP candidates this year? The Rockies the have. Some hey, hey, the Indians too. I mean, a lot of people sleep on the Indians. They got the best shortstop in baseball, and they got the. A Just wait till he's traded. Finalist, so. Just wait till he's traded. Well, yeah, that's wait. We'll talk about that next episode. Uh, but no. but yeah, yeah, Fernando Tatis Jr. won the Silver Slugger. I, I'm not sure how he did. I was not expecting it. Uh, certainly deserving though. He had a great season. Uh, like I already mentioned, fourth place in NL MVP voting. So it's not like he didn't deserve it. But uh, Corey Seager and Trey Turner both had fantastic seasons. Trey Turner was one of the more underrated players. This year, you could argue that he's the most underrated player in baseball. Not a lot of people realized how good he was for that Nationals team last year. Part of the reason they got off to such a slow start was because he was hurt. And he came back to the lineup at the top, set the stage for Rendon and Soto, and that's part of the reason they were so good. So I thought he should have won the award, maybe Corey Seager as well. But I'm happy for Fernando, and it's also hard to believe that this was Manny Machado's first Silver Slugger award. Uh, anytime you had a good season in the American League, uh, someone else did as well. And then in 2018, his one really, really good year, uh, he was traded at the trade deadline. So wasn't going to win a Silver Slugger that year because he didn't play uh, enough games in either league to yeah. be nominated for that. But he's always been one of the best hitters in the league. It's so hard to believe that was his first one. Uh, another surprise, and not a lot of people realize, Donovan Solano won the Silver Slugger. Yep. Second baseman for the Giants. Donnie Barrels, but, I mean, you look at his numbers, certain, certainly worthy. Uh, yeah. He was part of the success for the Giants this year that not a lot of people expected coming into the season. Older guy. He's going to be 33 next year, but we'll see if he can continue the success he had this year. Uh, 
because the Giants in a longer season are going to have to repeat a lot of the success they had from players who hadn't had success in previous years uh, if they want to see that. But they're they're an interesting team for next year. Anything else you guys want to highlight here? Yes, I have a question for you, Dom. Sure. Say that the Silver Sluggers are less fraudulent than the Gold Gloves. Yes, they and are. I am a jo- I'm a journalist. I have to ask the question. Right. Do you say that because more Padres win Silver Sluggers than Gold Gloves? Just a question. No, and it's not because I already said Fernando Tatis Jr. wouldn't have had my vote. Uh, just, I and, sure. Yeah, no, exactly. And it's not like any Padres in previous seasons had been deserving of winning the Silver Sluggers in the past. There's been more gold gloves in the past. Uh, Chase Headley had won a couple of gold gloves back in his heyday. Trent Gisham won a gold glove this year for the Padres. I was surprised he won that award. Uh Manny Machado was certainly worthy. You know, if he didn't have Nolan Arenado in front of him, I think that he definitely could have won it. But if he was still in the American League, right? Yes, but that—that's how it worked out. Uh, you know, we we could post a poll on Twitter saying what's a more fraudulent award, <laughs> the uh, the Gold Glove or the Silver Yeah, yeah. I guarantee everyone's gonna vote Gold Glove. Yes. Can we talk about the Braves real quick? Winning four. Yeah, it's impressive. It's impressive, and that just shows how electric that offense is. And I mentioned it earlier, and I'm going to say it as a highlight to next week because I like to leave some cliffhangers and give some previews. The Braves got to give Marcelo Zuna a blank check as well. Well, it's interesting because we don't know if there's going to be the DH, and that's going to really hurt his market value because if there mm-hmm. is a DH in the NL, woo, he's going to get paid. But if not, there's going to be less options for him because – He's not the fielder he once was. In 2016, he was the starting center fielder for the National League team. Uh, so now he he was a corner outfielder for the St. Louis Cardinals last year, struggled okay. defensively. He's really lost a lot of his arm strength throwing the ball. Uh, can still swing it with the best of them. But, uh, yeah, you, you mentioned that. Uh, the Braves did win four. However, I could make a case that Will Myers could have won the Silver Slugger uh, the third silver slugger in the outfield, uh, 288 batting average, 353 OBP, 959 OPS compared to Acuna's 250 batting average, 406 OBP, and 987 OPS. It's really close. Could have gone either way. Uh, both both guys were deserving. So yeah. uh, it would have been a different discussion. We'd be talking about two teams uh, winning three silver sluggers. I don't know the last time that happened, but – The Braves were one of the most potent offenses in all of baseball. Mm. So you guys got anything else you want to say about that before I go into my, uh, my golden sombrero uh, breakdown? You know, I'm just going to highlight into that. I'm very upset that you actually got it done because I wanted to see you in a Dodger shirt and I get a quick picture. I had to make sure that you weren't going to get that. No more dirt on me. You already have that photo of me saying we suck. When I absolutely jinxed that series, 100% credit goes to me. You Thank you very much. Post that now. Whenever you say, oh, my gosh, the Padres, I just should be like. We, we suck, and I'm in my jersey just laying depressed on the couch. Things things were looking bleak, but I've seen, out. seen you too depressed over the Padres a lot. Well, sorry that I love my team. Hey, hey, I get depressed over the Royals, but the amount of times last year I just saw you laying face first into your pillow after losing was really comical. Well, because your expectations for your team are way higher than mine. So, like, of course, I get upset and stressed with the Royals, but I'm not, like, severe anymore because I can't expect us to win a lot of games. What you got to understand is that I've never had expectations about my team until last year in June when Fernando Tatis Jr. came back and the Padres skyrocketing up the standings and then everything crashed and burned in July. And uh, the last half of last year was tough to watch because that team was way too talented to be losing games like that. Anyways, Cole, anything else before I get into the goal? Hey, we don't need to hear from you anymore. Uh, Golden Sabrero Report. Yeah, I guess I guess you know just real quick. I mean, there's a lot of first timers on the Silver Slugger, um, you know, winners list or whatever you want to call it. Um, that I guess are worth highlighting. Um, Teoscar Hernandez, I think, is definitely worth noting. He had a really good year this year. 
Um, Travis Darnell really revitalized his career um, over the past couple of years. Um, Got to give props to him. Um, kind of funny how, you know, uh, this is, I think, Juan Soto's first uh, Silver Slugger award. You know, it's just crazy how <clears throat> I think that's nuts because, you know, it feels like he's been in the league much longer than he has because of how good he's been. But, you know, yet this is only his first Silver Slugger because this is like, what, his third year in the league? Yeah. Um, Jimenez as well, you know, first timer, you know, a lot of really deserving guys. So I do think it is a little bit of a fraudulent award, but not so much as gold gloves are. End it on that. Yep. <coughs> All right. So our golden sombrero <clears throat> breakdown. Uh, over the previous episodes in the course of the season, I've been breaking down all the golden sombreros except for our, our preview of the playoffs. So all in all, there are 52 golden sombreros in the 60-game regular season, which when you think about it, that's a lot. That's almost one a day. Almost once a day, a player striking out four times, and I, I find that pretty incredible. Uh, a lot of credit goes to the pitchers and just part of the the game of baseball. So we'll definitely keep that in comparison for next year. Yes, Ryan. Because this report with the most, the team with the most, team with the least, player with the most, or is it just a list? Uh, I I didn't get into players. There were, there were a couple of players. I can name the players who came out multiple times though, because I do have that. Uh, I so, expect a full report. I, I have a report for you. Oh, so half done. I have a report. Go ahead. There were three in the postseason. Harrison Bader against the Padres, Hunter Renfro against the Astros, mm-hmm. and Ronald Acuna Jr. against the Miami Marlins. The, the day after he, uh, he said, don't <laughs> pitch to me, which was yeah. hilarious. Uh, all in all, 24 of the Golden Sombreros, uh, the hitters, were the, the home team, and 28 of them were on the road. So uh, I think it's pretty common to expect most of those to be on the road, but it was a pretty close margin considering the fact that, you know, hitters are used to the batter's eye, uh, say it if you will. 23 of the Golden Sombreros were American League hitters, and 29 of them were National League hitters. But when you compare the pitchers, because we know that it was mostly, you know, most of the games are – played within your league. 32 of them were NL pitchers and only 20 of them were American league pitchers. So I found that pretty incredible. So uh, the national league had more interleague golden sombreros pitching wise than the American league did. And then the team, the pitching team with the most golden sombreros, I want you guys to guess this team. It's from the NL. <clears throat> Which team do you think, caused the most golden sombreros is it the dodgers it is not the dodgers okay Ryan, what's your one guess oh i have one guess oh dang national league team national league team braves no oh, is the C- cincinnati reds okay that makes sense okay. yeah because when you consider <clears throat> when you consider the pitching staff uh especially their ability to get strikeouts uh, Trevor Bauer, of course, won the sign, was second in the league in strikeouts, only behind Jacob DeGrom. And Luis Castillo, very good strikeout pitcher, along with Sonny Gray, and a very lights-out bullpen uh, that even when they weren't getting the job done, per se, they were still striking out batters. They had six golden sombreros forced. So one of every ten games, someone had a uh, a, a golden sombrero. So... That's what it was. Uh, that's that's my Golden Sabrera report. Uh, play, players players your, that had – Sorry, Cincinnati actually had, had – as a team had the second most strikeouts uh, from pitchers in the league. So that explains right. Not too surprising. And then a uh, <clears throat> couple of players that had multiple, Gary Sanchez, which we've already talked about him on the show. Uh, Javi Baez had a couple – I think that's it. Did Joey Gallo have any? Joey Gallo had one. Oh, wow. That's surprising. He didn't have more than one. Yeah. Hey, what do you know? <laughs> uh, anyways, you guys got any other final comments before we head out? We're right at an hour. Well, I'm glad I'm glad we did that, and I'm glad we broke it down like that. That was, that, that was neat. We should do that 
more often, I think. And I think we should um, also in uh, future shows decide. Oh, um, also, three oh. platinum Sabreros. Three platinum oh, Sabreros. Oh, forgot that, to mention that. Matt, Matt Chapman Sh was one of them. Yep. Yep. Matt Chapman, uh, Michael Chavis, and I forgot the other one. But there were three. That's pretty cool. I think we should do um, predictions. Like a three or four. I think we should do predictions at some point of who has the most golden sombreros over the course of the following season. I'll, I have my guess for the player. We should, we should like we should wager that or something. I have my player, Jorge Soler. Yeah, he had one. He struck out three times in the game. Is ridiculous. He's gonna he's gonna hit it at some point. Half trick. It's not a golden sombrero though. No, but still, he's gonna get it at some point, and it's gonna happen a lot. He has become such a guy that just is home runner strikeout. So, but that's all I have to say. All right. Uh, any final notes? Is that it? I have a shocking. I have a shocking prediction for a player next week that I think you guys are going to try to roast me for, but I have I have some evidence to back it up. I will roast you for anything, Ryan. So <laughs> I know you will. But trust me, I'll come back and roast you. Yes, no, you you will. I believe it. Anyways, that's going to wrap up this episode of the Golden Sabro Show. We thank you for tuning in live if you did. Uh, and if not, we hope that you caught this on a podcast platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, thank you for tuning in. We'll be back next week, uh, next Thursday. Uh, not sure what time. Sometime around this. Uh, we, we moved it up from our previous shows at 6 because we do have a Blaze meeting this uh, in a bit. But hopefully we won't have one of those next week and we'll be able to go back to you at 6. Thank you for tuning in. I'll be out for Cole Bradley and Ryan Blanks. Thanks for tuning in. And uh, we, we look forward to catching you guys next time.